The following pre-recorded program is brought to you by Wrestling with the Inner Man. Welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man, because the first fight we face each and every day is a fight with our flesh. Do we listen to our selfish, sinful nature or to divine nature guided by the Holy Spirit? Your host, David Savage, is a product of the West Texas Desert and Energy Industry, who recently received the biggest promotion of his life, reporting directly to the top boss, God. We hope you're ready to rumble, because wrestling with the inner man begins now. Good evening, WWM listeners. Hey, doesn't it feel awesome when you make a great decision? Maybe like winning a bet. <laughs> well, that is what we're chatting about today from chapter eight of my book titled The Best Decision of My Life. And I want to say the best decision of any person's life is accepting Jesus Christ, number one. And this is another decision that came in a close second. But if you want to learn more about my book, The Savage Path, a memoir of modern masculinity, or order a copy, just visit my website at www.thesavagepath.com. The price of both the book uh, on the paperback version and the Kindle version are reduced while we promote the book through this series on the show. For just $4.99, you can download a Kindle version. My guest today has been one of my backpacking buddies for 10 years now. He made a decade. He is tried and true as it was just he and I on a couple of trips during the pandemic years of 2020 and 2021. He has served as a scoutmaster for Troop 599 for seven years and spends a great deal of time in, in the clouds, is what I like to say, as account director, oil and gas, strategic accounts at Teradata, a premier data analytics firm. So, Adam White, welcome to Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks, David. Glad to be here, and thanks for having me as a part of the program. So, Adam, why don't you uh, help our listeners get to know you a little bit better by just telling them a little bit about your, your background and family. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, I think when anybody tries to introduce themselves, I always, uh, uh, when I think about how they introduce themselves, I like to, I'm curious how they introduce themselves first. And for me, uh, I like to introduce myself as a, as a husband first. So I've been married 26 years. Uh, my wife, Allison, and I have known each other for a little bit more than that, about 28 years. We met just out of college, but uh, we're, we're, have been together for a long time, and I'm super proud of that. My parents have been married uh, 49 years, and uh, I'm, I, I think that's a big part of who I am, is that I, I think raising kids together and being a part of a, of a good, healthy relationship is big, and I think that's who I am as a family man. We do have two adult kids, so Travis is my oldest. Uh, He's, uh, he's an adult, uh, graduated University of Oklahoma in uh, 2021. Uh, he's got a degree in finance, and he's in the, in the real estate business right now as an appraiser. Uh, our youngest, is he's still in school, so he's going to graduate in May in the aviation business. So he'll, he'll be out later next year in May. Really proud of both of those boys. They're both Eagle Scouts. Yay! Um, yep. So super excited about that. Uh, I, I'm uh, I'm very proud of both of these guys. Life members of NISA. So we'll talk about that in just a bit. I think that's a great program as well. I couldn't be prouder of both of those guys. From a business perspective, uh, as you already said, I'm in the uh, data and analytics business. I've been in sales and software. Uh, since the early 90s, and uh, cell technology, uh, that's evolved over the years, of course, uh, from hardware and 
today, SL technology in the cloud, solving business problems, primarily in the oil and gas space. See here, what else can I tell you about myself? I'm a native Houstonian. I live on the west side of town. I grew up out over there. I went to Strake Jesuit. I'm very part of a small, tight-knit community. Um, as you said, uh, I was a scoutmaster for Troop 599, still very involved in scouting, still involved with the troop, teach several merit badges, still involved with camping and hiking and climbing and shooting sports and fishing and things like that, still very involved with the Eagle program, still sign off on quite a bit of merit badges, and love seeing the young men join the program and get to the other side, if you will, and uh, I love to see what the program's all about. Um so that's yeah. a little bit about myself. Well, well that's fantastic. I think, well, first of all, you know, folks, I, I call Adam. I have a nickname for him. He's like Inspector Gadget, man, because this guy, if you need to know anything about how, uh, you know, your control force system works on your home, you know, system, I mean, he, he really is great at technology, and uh, it's a good a good person to know, you know, from that standpoint. Um, so Chapter 8 in the book, that's what we're talking about today, and it relates to the story of my decision to postpone the start of my professional consulting engineer career, you know, after graduating from A&M to pursue a dream of working at Philmont uh, Scout Ranch as a ranger. So let me just read a little excerpt from the book here from that chapter so we give a, a little taste to our audience. When we had a new crew to meet back at base camp, we hiked alone and swiftly since we were always at least two days in from hiking with our previous crew. Sometimes we would hike out to the nearest highway and try to hitchhike in. There was a regular camp called Rocky Mountain Scout Camp where leaders who were going through training at the Philmont Training Center could bring their kids under 14 years old to spend a week while receiving their training. It was also a spot to place boys who were pulled off the trail for physical ability reasons or, in some cases, because their leader had lied about their age and hoped to sneak them along, which we did not allow. This was a terrible situation for those boys. They were separated from their group and put in a camp with other boys that they did not know. One day, I was hiking back in by myself to base camp, and I encountered one of these boys who had gone over the wall, as we called it. He was running away from the Rocky Mountain Scout Camp, trudging with his head down, bootlaces untied, and looking tired and thirsty. He asked if I could hike with him in the opposite direction for a while, and I said, sure. He angrily told me his tale of woe, and I simply listened and agreed with his plight. I shared some water with him, and then I asked, Hey, did you bring any water with you? Uh, no. Did you bring any food with you? Again, no. Have you thought about how to handle a bear encounter? Trembling now. No. <laughs> well, I'm sure you'll be fine. Here are a couple of granola bars. Good luck. And I turned around and headed off back toward base camp. He laughed at about 100 yards <laughs> and then came running back after me, pleading with me to take him back to the Rocky Mountain Scout Camp. We hiked back in with him talking the whole way and me just listening to him. It was an epiphany moment for me. Wasn't I just like this young boy, trying to run away from my problems in anger? Was God looking at me the same way I was dealing with a boy, waiting for me to recognize my own situation instead of trying to compel me to do something I wasn't ready to do yet? Don't we all reach points like this in our journey through the wilderness when we don't understand the danger we are getting ourselves into. I was beginning to soften on this will-to-obey thing. I was out in his creation and was reminded of just how powerful and awesome he is. I was ready to hike back to base camp with him to begin my professional career. So that's how I kind of ended that chapter. 
So, Adam, uh, as you read the book and read that chapter, you know, what was going through your mind when you first read it? Yeah, you know, um, when I first read it, it, you know, it's like I could I could see this this young boy. I, I could see it happening, right? Because the first thing I when I when I first read it, the first thing that came to my mind was the word emotions, right? Because I could see this boy. There was something that happened, you know, and, and there was something that triggered him to make a knee jerk reaction. He said, uh, you know. He, Something caused him to say, I'm not going to do what something somebody else told me to do, and I'm just going to walk. I'm just going to I'm going to run away from the situation and I'm just going to I'm just going to see what happens. Didn't do any planning. Right. And Mm -hmm. what's funny about that is he's on a Boy Scout event (laughs) at a Boy Scout camp. And the Boy Scout motto is be prepared. Right. (laughs) And he did just the opposite of that. Right. Um, he had nothing. And, and so you're there, you walk up on the situation and you ask him exactly what you should have, you know, how were you prepared? <laughs> did you have any granola? Did you have any water? Did you have anything? And of course he had no idea. Um, you were clearly the more mature one in that situation. You were looking over him and he had no idea what was going on, but you know, you could have easily come down on him in a uh, aggressive way, and you chose a much more passive way to do it, right? And you kind of left him there, and he he was left to kind of really ponder his situation. And um, he was left to figure out, he really didn't know what to think about your, the way you chose to address his situation, you know? And he was left, he had to grow up very, very quickly in a matter of maybe seconds or minutes about how to figure out his situation, and he had to trust you in how you handle that situation. And, uh, uh, you know, clearly he started to follow you, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And it was really clear he figured out that you knew the path and he knew to trust you in just a matter of minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and as you read the chapter and you could follow the situation and you get from one sentence to the second sentence to the third sentence and you could literally just see this playing out. It was really neat to see, you know, the chapter was short. The message you, it just really played out very, very well. Yeah. I, it's funny because I, I just reminds me so much of myself, you know, even when I was at his age, how, like I said, anger or whatever, you just like, that's it. I'm running away, you know, and uh, I think all of us have done that. And guys, I'm talking to you out there. Every one of us have done it and we do it as adults too. And sometimes we need someone to come alongside of us and say, Hey, uh, you know, so how much have you thought about this? How much have you uh, prepared for this? You know? So let me ask, you know, in the back of the book, we have a study guide and I reference scripture to frame a small group discussion for each chapter. And for chapter eight, it is Psalms 111. And it says, all he does is just and good, and all his commandments are trustworthy. I'll say that again. All his commandments are trustworthy. So, Adam, was there ever a time in your own life when you wanted to run away from your problems? You know, I think the one that jumps out at me has to do with my education. Um, I didn't say this in my introduction, but I— Right out of high school, you know, I, I told you I went to straight Jesuit here in Houston. Out of, out of straight out of high school, I went to Texas Tech, and so I went to I went to Texas Tech in Lubbock. 
uh, for three years, and I now was doing quite well. I uh, I was in a a relationship with a, a girl that I had known in in high school, and uh, so uh, I should have been uh, in 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 the summer between my junior and senior year. Um, was in a rocky place uh, in my 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 personal life, and uh, couldn't seem to figure out what what the next step was. Right. And uh, instead of trying to make a decision or figuring out how to do the next step, I made a non-decision. And uh, I should have stay. I should have stuck with what I had done. And in this case, the the, the girlfriend decided that uh, that she was going to stay here in Houston and go to University of Houston. And that's what I did. I. I changed schools and I and I transferred to University of Houston. And as you can probably fast forward, you can come to the same conclusion uh, uh, that I, I didn't get uh, maybe more than about a month into my University of Houston journey, and that relationship with this girlfriend died on the vine. And here I am, you know. So now this is the uh, that fall semester. It's probably October now. And I'm sitting here going, what in the world have I done? Second guessing my, uh, not second guessing, I know exactly where the problem is. And it's, in, you know, and I'm like going, I should be sitting, you know, in my senior year at the school. I, I knew, I knew exactly where, but you know what? At that point, I said, I've just got to finish my education. I need to finish. I, I've, I can't go changing back and forth. I can't go ping-ponging of what I do. I need – I've made a commitment. I need to finish my education. I need to get my degree. I'm not going to do this a, a second, third, fourth time. And so I did finish. I did get my degree at University of Houston, you know, that type of stuff. It did cost me. So um, instead of finishing in four years, it took me five years to get my degree because of the transfer credits and all that other nonsense. But um, – it, it it was a penalty. It, it cost me, you know. Right. And so, um, you know, my, my, my lesson to all you guys is, you know, stick with what what if you. I had a gut feeling. It, I didn't stick with it. Right. Right. You know. Yeah. It's it's easy to uh, to follow someone. It, it, it's being passive, actually. You know, yeah. It's just it, saying, hey, I'm going to just do what she does, or you know, and yeah. that's not really taking control of your own life and decisions. That's hard to do, you know, especially when you've got the emotional aspect, you know, kind of tearing at your heart. Yeah. So, you know, the other thing is like, you know, what does being trustworthy mean today? And I, I you told me a great story. We had lunch yesterday about this boy, Daniel, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you could share a little bit from that story about being trustworthy. Yeah. You know, to, well, let, let's, let's start with the definition first. Okay. Um, to me, what is trust? Trust is a word, right? Trust is who you are. Trust is, I think if you are trustworthy, trust is your character. Trust is if is if you say you're going to do something, then it is done. Um, if it's done at whatever cost, um, it, it's uh, trust is something that is earned. And the opposite of that is if trust is ever broken, it is something that is very, very difficult to get back. Um, I think that if you're on the other side of it, I think that uh, you can forgive somebody, 
but it's very difficult to forget. That's true. And uh, um, the story about Daniel is uh, so I, I um, this goes back to scouting. I'm I'm a passionate scouter, um, and I I I truly believe in giving to people. Um, there is a uh, someone, uh, and then there's lots of folks that I try to mentor. But there's a couple folks that I have gone more than the extra mile to try to give to. Um, early in in my scouting career, unfortunately, um, one of the young men, uh, his father had passed away when he was about five or six years old, and uh, I knew that his journey was going to be difficult, and um, I wanted him to have the same uh, opportunities as everybody else. And uh, I allow, you know, at every opportunity to go on an outing or a meeting or whatever it might be, um, I put him in my car. I took him on every fishing trip, every boating trip, every whatever. And, uh, um, and so he, he was, uh, he was, he was given those opportunities. Um, and uh, uh, he he went to Philmont with us. Um, he went to Sea Base with us. Uh, you know, he, he's he's that he was that person for some in, great in, experiences, folks. A, absolutely. Um, and uh, uh, and and he 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 means he means a lot to me as a as a he's a friend, and you know mm-hmm. he's he's an adult, and he you know he's in the work, working world. And uh, um, if there's ever something that uh, that he needs help with, you know, I've been his adult. Uh, father figure, if you will, um, whether it be relationships, uh, challenges at now at the office, um, at, at the work, work, working world, um, building resumes, challenges at school, whatever it might be. So um, I've been trying to uh, to help him out in, in absence of a father. But, but talk about when he multiple times you told me he, he wanted to quit scouting. He was like, that's yeah, it, man, I'm so, out. And so he'd call you up and say, well, as you Mr. know, as, as, as an Eagle Scout, mm-hmm. um, scouting is not easy. There are many different hurdles that make because eagle there's lots of folks that attain try to attain the eagle rank but um it's it's hard on purpose um so that uh you know that when you do achieve the the top of the of the of the mountain everybody knows that you have that you're that elite you're you are that one percent and uh Five different times, uh, he he tried to. Uh, he said he would call up and or text or whatever the the method was, and said, "This is the time that uh, I'm actually going going to quit." It's I've I've reached the point where I can no longer get the merit badge. I can no longer, you know, do whatever's required to get this rank or this this achievement. And I said, "That's fine, um, but you're going to have to come over to the house and look me in the eye. You can't just you can't quit." over a text or an email or a whatever. And so he literally came to the house five different times and uh, um, five different times it failed. Um, (laughs) So uh, we would have dinner together. Um, You know, we would order pizza or he would eat at our dinner table and we would have a conversation. And I said, look, you know, there is nobody fighting harder for you than me. You know, there's nobody that is uh, um, that wants this. Um, for you because you don't have a father figure in your life. You do not have somebody that's, you know, once you turn 18, you are in your, um, you know, you are an adult. And, you know, what's going to differentiate yourself? You know, um, you, you need to, you need something that's going to be 
on your side besides, I don't know, your yeah. education, your achievements. And we want you, uh, um, we want your faith. We want your, um, your tr- you know, what, what makes you different than anybody else? Well, I know you, you just put it to him like, hey, you know, do you want to lose the, the one person in your corner that, that, yeah. that's really cheering for you? And he didn't. And that's why he, he stuck with it. He, and he, he, got did, his he, didn't, he did not quit. Um, and uh, I'm so proud of him. I'm so proud of what and he's he's never lost faith. Um, All right, Daniel. I hope you're out there listening to this. I look forward to the uh, the episode. So, uh, how about trusting others? You know, do you have any trouble trusting others? You know, you talked a little bit about you know if people are broken over. So why or why not? Um, you know, there are people. So generally speaking, I I do trust others. Um, you know, I I I I always want to trust humanity. Um, I there are I, I trust first. Um, I will say that uh, there are times in my business career that uh, I have been given uh, – there are, there are uh, a couple of examples in the business world where I've uh, – uh, that there have been uh, examples that my coworkers have given me reason to not trust them. Mm-hmm. And uh, unfortunately, I wish that what that didn't exist, but there uh, – I think – and the the examples that I'll cite, um, they're, they've all been dri- driven by greed, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I wish that didn't exist. But uh, the, the 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 two examples that I that I, that I'll I'll call out were were both driven by um, where somebody else wanted to cheat or cut a corner or be dishonest in some in a way that. Uh, um, they were greedy and and and, and dishonest, and they uh, um, and they wanted something that was their unfair share, if you will. Yeah. And uh, um, at the at the end of the day, they were less of a person, and it and it and it really and it it made it bit them and it bit them in a way that uh, in in the long run that uh, it hurt them in not only in the professional world. It cost them their marriage. Wow! Uh, in both cases, it cost them their marriage. Well, you know, that's that's who you are, you know. And if you don't have integrity, integrity in one area of your life, yeah. you probably don't in another. And and of course, uh, really, the way I sum up the chapter is, I had to trust God. I had to, you know, I I say in the book that every man has a common purpose in three areas. You know, you need to find that will to obey, a woman to love, and a work to do. And I was struggling with the will to obey. I, I wanted it to be my will. And I finally, you know, had, it's, it's really about that surrender to, to God. And, uh, so just any, uh, final comments on trusting God and, and just, uh, anything you want to leave with our audience? Yeah. The last thing is, um, I mentioned scouting a couple times, but the scout oath, um, I have faith and I do trust God. I'm a Christian. I know that lots of folks have different faiths, but I am a Christian personally, and I put trust in Jesus for guidance. Um, uh, I, I do believe that everybody needs some sort of faith. Um, you, I think that everybody needs to have something that is outside of their person um, for some sort of moral guidance, some sort of compass. Uh, if you if you don't have something that is driving you that's outside of you, um, you do need to have that something bigger than yourself uh, to 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 drive you to do the right thing, um, to do good for others, um, even when nobody else is looking. Yep, the, the so, trend, the transcendent cause. Well, yes, I've enjoyed having you on, Adam, and of course, I always enjoy 
our, our campfire talks and our time together. And we both, you know, the shared passion that we have for Absolutely. scouting. And, thank you for having me. And, and the debt, you know, that we owe to scouting. So in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Prism Specialties. Uh, they're in the restoration business. If you have uh, lightning strikes or flooding or anything, call them to restore electronics, fabrics, artwork, or even documents. And once again, visit the website at www.thesavagepath.com to learn more. And let me close in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, we just thank you for uh, people like Adam who have been mentors to others and, and to many that are not his sons. And we just ask that all those out there seeking will find someone like him and that those of us who are able to to step up and fill that void. In Christ's name, amen. AM 1070, The Answer, Wrestling with the Inner Man. Thanks for listening to Wrestling with the Inner Man with David Savage. We believe the winners in this ring courageously follow God's word, love and protect God's woman, excel at God's work, batters God's world and his children. For more information, reach out to David at wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. That's wrestlingwiththeinnerman at gmail.com. Tune in next time as Wrestling with the Inner Man tackles more tough topics to train up a generation of better men.